I ask God that you would be equipping us with kingdom skills. I ask God that you would be teaching us how to think like Jesus thinks and like Jesus thought on earth. I ask, Father, that you would disclose to us the secrets of intimacy with Abba that Jesus walked in. I ask, Father, that you would disclose to us the secrets of the overcoming life that Jesus, you walked in and thought in and believed in, in your earthly life. In Jesus' name, for Jesus' sake, we pray. I felt the Lord during worship say, address the issue of powerlessness. Quick turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. Extremely famous, popular passage, and I would argue used out of context without understanding constantly. Listen to the word of the Lord. Now, there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Or in a different translation, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because the principle of the spirit's power at work has freed us from the principle of sin at work. Or to say it really plain... The power of indwelling sin has been broken by the power of the indwelling Christ. And that's why there's no condemnation. You're not a whitewashed turd. You're not a sinner saved by grace. The sinner died. You deal with the flesh, but you don't deal with the old person. They died. powerlessness. Romans 8, 1 is about how God sent Jesus to get us out of Romans 7, 25. I don't understand what I'm doing. I can't help myself. I want to do what's right, but I can't. That's not the normal Christian life. That's why Jesus came. A lot of things that come out of our mouths reveal what we believe. And the things that come out of our mouths that reveal what we believe, oftentimes we say things like, I wish I could, but I can't. Or we say things like, I have to, or I'll try, like I said earlier. We say things that reveal we don't believe about ourselves what the gospel says has been accomplished. We say things that reveal we believe we're powerless to do God's will. We say things that reveal we believe we're still the old person. We say things that reveal we're not yet rooted in the truth that's in Jesus. And then we try. And I don't care if the issue is healing the sick, hope in the midst of grieving, or lust, or relationship skills, or addiction, whatever the issue is, if you are believing that you are powerless in it, you are believing lies. If you are blaming any circumstance, anything about yourself, anything about the past, or anything about someone else in relationship with you, 
for why you can't do and be what Jesus has called you to, you are believing lies. We are not a a victimized people. We are not a powerless people. We are not a people left in the weakness of the flesh to try to somehow please God or at least put up a good show. We are a people indwelt with the spirit of the living Christ himself. None of us is righteous, but guess who is? Jesus is. Apart from him, we can do nothing. But guess what? You're never apart from him. Even Jesus said that, didn't he? Apart from my father, I can do nothing. Good thing he was never apart from his father. He said and did what he heard and saw the father doing. He he would abide in the father's love and he would be the little person, the weak person who was just a normal human in relationship with God and that's how he did what none of the rest of us could do. He never once used his unfair advantage as God to exercise his authority on planet earth. He stripped himself, Philippians 2, from all those divine prerogatives and he lived sinlessly and powerfully as a weak human in relationship to a powerful father. And because he was in that right relationship, the spirit would come. And it was God the Father's witness that this is my son. The healings, the miracles, the exorcisms, the multiplied loaves, the joy in every season, the weeping for the right reasons. And in other words, when you sin against Jesus, who is he weeping for, him or you? He's weeping for the right reason. All that is the manifestation of his union with his father. He didn't do it to prove we can't and he's amazing. He did it to reveal what humans look like in right relationship to God so that we, through him, could find access into the very same thing. So that he himself could live his life through all of us grafted in. Apples, if you just grow a bunch of apples, if I take all the seeds from a single apple and I plant them in the ground, every tree is going to make a different tasting apple out of that one apple. All the seeds in that apple are different. And not many of them are going to be tasty. So all the gala apples that you've ever eaten, they came from one original tree that's been grafted into all these other trees. We aren't meant to copy Jesus. We're not meant to stay in the weakness of who I was, in the weakness of human limitations, and be under a bunch of shoulds, oughts, and laws, and struggle and strain to prove ourselves. That's called being under the law. You and I are dead to the law. We died to the law, Romans 7, 1 through, what is it, 4 or 6? We died to the law to get married to Jesus. We're no longer under the law. We're not here to evaluate and measure ourselves and perform our duty. We're here to be married to the person of God as Jesus himself has made covenant. He died to get us out from under the law. He died to get us out from law, flesh, and sin. Man, I wish y'all would memorize Romans 8. Just get it deep. Just get it, dig it down deep. Just dig it way down deep. Yeah, but I don't feel born again. Who cares? Yeah, but I don't feel close to the Lord. Yeah, but what is the truth? You know how many times my wife and I don't understand each other correctly? Because we, we ah, that's a bad example. Let's go away from that example. Uh, God is absolutely perfect. But you know how often we don't trust him? And how often do we do things in our life because of what we fail to see about ourselves? We fail to see him. We fail to see ourselves. We fail to see each other. This gospel is the truth that Jesus said will set us free. Now, how does that work? We try harder? No. We come in closer. We come in a little closer. 
Yeah, but that's not been my experience, Jesus. Wow, and here I thought Jesus was Lord. Wow, I thought Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life. Not you. To lower the standard of truth from Jesus to my experience is blasphemy. It's idolatry. I don't, I don't want to feel better if I'm not right. You know how much of what we do is to make each other feel better without helping the circumstance get better? Do you know how much we do that to each other in relationship? Does anybody know what I'm talking about right now? This is what I mean when I talk about the abuse of that verse. No condemnation in Christ Jesus. So someone who's stuck in a sin, we tell them there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. But you know what's going to bring no condemnation in Christ Jesus? The sin being dominated by the power of Jesus that indwells them. Then their conscience will stop condemning them because they will know they're walking in this thing with integrity and purity. Man, I don't want human grace to to be a patchwork over a filthy conscience. I don't want the fake grace that I offer myself based on a doctrinal assertion to to try to be a substitute for the relational, organic, spiritual realities of Christ's intimacy flowing through me and in me and out of me. I don't, I don't want to pay somebody money who has a degree on the wall to tell me why it's okay for me to stay stuck for the rest of my life. I, I don't want to feel better. I want to fulfill my calling. Amen. And if discomfort causes me to get dissatisfied enough that I wage a violent war on everything that constrains me until I dig down deep into who he is and find kingdom solutions that don't dissipate, then bring on the, the discomfort. I don't want to have a better day. I want to walk in what is in the pages of the scripture in my real life. I don't want to waste my life and tell myself it's forgiven. I want the the fragrance of heaven to be flowing through me whether I feel it or sense it or not. It's a can-do gospel. It's a for us father. It's a savior who's here to help. And it's a spirit whose name is help. He's the helper. I don't want you to treat my conscience unless my conscience is the only problem. If my sin is the problem, I want you to help me treat my sin. But don't treat my conscience without treating my sin. Don't treat my, don't treat my feelings without treating my wound. You know, how, you know how hard it is for us to speak the truth to each other in love? Because we're so scared of hurting each other worse. So sometimes it's hard to say to our friend, this is a pattern I see in your life and it indicates to me that maybe you're not fully healed yet. But do I want you to feel better or do I want you to thrive in life? Yeah. Am I more afraid of how you're going to react to me out of your pain than I am willing to genuinely love you? In other words, am I here in this relationship for me or for you? If I'm here for you, I'm willing to hurt you in the right ways for the right reasons that don't have to do with how you're inconveniencing me. I'm not speaking the truth in love to you because I'm annoyed that I have to put up with you, so I want you to change. And you know how scary it is how many of our relationships are two powerless people who need each other? 
putting their unhealth next to another piece of unhealth and staying in that weird codependence forever? I don't, want, I don't want to stand there and say, do you and do you, to two people who need each other. I don't want to see people looking at each other going, you complete me. My mom said this when I was a kid, and I didn't think it was reasonable at the time, but the older I get, the more smart she seems. She said, you don't want two people who are trying to get the other person to complete them. They'll suck each other dry. No one can carry that weight. Only Jesus can be that sufficiency and that identity giver and that love giver that people all crave and try to get from each other. So then they scratch and claw and manipulate and codependent and all kinds of craziness. She said, you need two whole people who are connected to the Lord to have a healthy marriage. Otherwise, you fall into all sorts of traps. Father, I ask for waves of power to come upon our thought processes. I ask God for the invitation to come deeper with you and to change our thinking. I ask God for the willingness to rearrange our life if we're drowning in a schedule and voices and circumstances that beat our mindset into despair. I ask for the integrity for us to take charge of how we have arranged our life and take responsibility for the relationships that have battered us into this unhealthy place. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that we would be available to you in Jesus' name. Amen.